are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Battle Red Nation, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your favorite podcast covering your Houston Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Some sports guy, Hickman, on Friday. We are back. It's another Friday. Had our crossover week. Fun times, of course. Happy to be able to get with the rest of the Locked On uh, Podcast Network, AOC South family members to discuss what the next person has going on in the division. As you guys may know, the Texans rookies are scheduled to report to training camp uh, very soon. Right. And on top of that, what's really going on with the NFL and with COVID? Right. Uh, will they have a full 16 game season? Will they decrease that that number? Will they delay it? What's going on? And just like last week, J.J. Watt still feels away. And, you know, today we're going to talk about the tight end group. And me and Cody are super excited to discuss the tight end group. But before we get to that, we got to talk about what J.J. Watt has going on. Uh, the NFL right now. It's really a mess. It's really a mess. If you're if you're keeping up with everything, it's in shambles right now for the entire NFL. That's without COVID nineteen. Now with COVID nineteen, uh, JJ Watt tweeted, "In the interest of having everyone on the same page in terms of what we know and don't know at this time, here are a few things I've learned being on four NFLPA calls in the last two weeks with hundreds of our play with hundreds of other players. Keep in mind." Our rookies are scheduled to report in 48 hours. And then he went on to list, here's what we know and don't know. We want to play. We want to be as safe as possible. We have not received a single valid IDER, uh, infection disease emergency response, from any team or the league. We don't know if there are preseason games or not. We don't know if there will be daily testing, semi-daily testings, et cetera. We don't know how a potential positive COVID test would affect contracts, roster spots, et cetera. Nothing has been agreed upon regarding what training camp would actually look like and how the ramp up period we work uh, will work rather. And again, he ended it off just the same way he started it. We want to play. So that's one interesting aspect of what's going on. The NFL issued a COVID-19 update stating that 72 players around the NFL had known positive tests by July 10th. That's a couple of weeks ago. That's a couple of days ago, right? It's too close to say they're going to have a season. 72 players in the NFL's highest metropolitan statistical area to be affected by COVID-19. Miami Dolphins in Florida. We know how bad the Florida uh, COVID cases are right now. And a few slots down, it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The Houston Texans all right there. The question is, with the concern of COVID-19, how will it affect players' money? Of course, they're not playing this game without money. And safety. The back and forth between the players and the league. How will all of this turn out? The answer is, nobody knows. I mean, at this point, when you talk about the NFL and COVID, how they're going to have a season, how they're going to get through a season, we basically said everything that we can possibly say. We have put out suggestions. We have, you know, side with the players. I know there was like a point in time where you actually side with the league, you know, trying to see what's best for 
just the players in order to get through a 2020 season, John, like I keep saying, the best thing for this league is to push the season back at least by two months. That's the only real scenario. That way, players can still go out there and play in the league. They want to have a season, and they sure will want to have a season. But on the flip side of things, I would like to ask J.J. Watts, you know, you you put out this list of things that you you are not getting from the league, but every time the league has taken the initiative to try to put out safety guidelines, it fires back. And players, I don't, I hate to say like him, but I mean, he did do this. Players like him, you know, starts complaining and stuff. I mean, hell, last week the league um came out and said that they would like for all players to wear a face mask while they're playing um built in with their helmets and every single player including jj watt was complaining about it and yes i get it you know you're running out there you know you talk about you know it's going to be hard for you to breathe and stuff but i'm looking at it from a standpoint yes i understand and get what you guys are saying but if you guys want to work if you guys want to go out and play you guys going to have to do it just like us in in the real world you're going to have to do it being a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, hell, I mean, when we go into the office or, or, or whatnot, when we go to the store, hell, if we walk out the door to walk out with dog, we got to have masking. You know, I don't want to say it's the same as, you know, players on a football field running and sweating and all this other stuff. But at the same time, every single time the league has came out and said, we would like for you guys to wear this. We would like for you guys to do this. They, they start complaining. I mean, hell, they even said it for when the league said after games, do not switch jerseys. I mean, yes, it sounds stupid, but what did the players do? They started whining and complaining about it. So, I mean, J.J. Watt, I understand your frustration, but at the same time, you and your colleagues, you guys are going to have to make some sacrifices if you guys want to play a season. Just like me, just like you, just like you, you know, the listeners that's listening to this podcast right now, everyone is uncomfortable by what's going on. We have to have made we have to have made a lot of sacrifices and changes to our daily lives. And unfortunately, they're gonna have to do the same. We're gonna dive into the Texans tight end group and do a review on what the Texans have on this roster at the tight end position. We are back at our Houston Texans positional previews where we break down where the Houston Texans stand at, at each position heading into the 2020 season. And this week, we I, we decided to slow it down because we had the crossover and we really couldn't dig into the rest of these positions like we wanted to. Of course, the first two um, the first two times we did this last week, we previewed the quarterback position, which was the easiest position to preview. Then we had the running back situation where we went from the easiest to the one where it is very confusing and very if this happens and if this does not happen. But now we are going to change our focus from the quarterback running back. And now we're going to look at the tight end position. And John, you might disagree with me, but. After looking at every single player and what they have to offer heading into the 2020 season at tight end, I honestly do believe that this might be the Texans' most talented position. Now, I know that might be might be saying, you know, I know it might be stretching it, but when you break this down, you take a look at a guy like Darren Fells, who had a career year last year. You also take a look at Jordan Atkins. Him, too, had a career year last year. 
Both of these guys can be the primary option at tight end. Then you take a look at a guy like Jordan Thomas, who had a phenomenal rookie season. And if it wasn't for him breaking, I believe it was his rib. He had he, he suffered a rib injury in a preseason game last year. He could have been the Texans' primary option. Once he became healthy and he was cleared to play, he basically became the third string on this team, which means the Texans have literally, like, 3-2-1, which means depending on how he comes back, the Texans will possibly have three players that they can use as their number one option. And then you got to look at Warren. Now, I'm not a believer in Warren. I I don't know what to say about him. The Texans organization, they remain high on this kid. But if he can be the guy that he was, I believe he went to San Diego State. If he can be the player that the Texans saw in 2019, that made them feel comfortable in taking them in the third round, not only will the Texans have an opportunity to have multiple options and multiple solid backups, but you might be looking at it from a standpoint, it might give the Texans an opportunity where they have valuable trade pieces that they can use to try to go get a guy, let's say a Jamal Adams, who the New York Jets came out and said, if by any chance we trade him, we want several offensive weapons. I still don't think without signing Antonio Brown, Jamal Adams is coming to Houston because the Texans would not have enough to give up. Uh, with that being said, Kelly Warren was what he did in college was not as effective as you want for the anticipation of waiting to see him play. They do have talent in the tight end group, and I don't think it necessarily comes from Darren Fells. I think Darren Fells had a very good year, but I think it's one of those years that, you know, journeymen. At some point, if you're lucky and if you're still in the league, they're able to have that year, just a very big, phenomenal year for them. But when I look at what Atkins can bring and Thomas, right, I, I like the combination of size. They're both Thomas is a, a monster, huge speed. I think they both can get better at blocking. However, I think they're both very versatile on what they can do in the offense and we saw that a lot with Deshaun Watson in that RPO pass option that he does uh nine times out of ten it was going to Atkins last year so a couple of things the offense has to get uh, more well-rounded which is what we are expecting and Tim Kelly will be able to have all of those pieces and he'll be able to you know have fun and get every player in the best position to succeed and win, right? We expect that. But also, we need to see them featured more, right? Just don't have them limited like Darren Fells in the red zone. But in order to open up your offense and give it the full potential, unlock it with this key of hitting everybody. And so hit Atkins, hit hit Thomas. Let's see what Kaheli Warren can do. We already know what Fells is going to do. He's going to be our touchdown machine, but J.J. Watt made a very good point. We don't know if they're going to have a preseason game. They need preseason. This tight end group needs preseason because everybody needs to see on, on, in the front office, in the coaching staff, what each of those tight ends can do and who is worth moving on from. You may ask yourself, you know, will we move forward with all four on the roster? Will one get cut? 
That's a question that Texans need to ask themselves so they can see who they have on their roster, who's expendable, and who's not. But I think ultimately you're right. The Texans are waiting to see what Kahili Warren can do with his speed and his size and his height. He can be effective potentially. Everything's potentially, of course. But I think moving forward, we know what Atkins can do. I love Atkins. I really do. Thomas is a question mark. We also know that Fails just signed his deal, so he'll be here for at least another year. Seeing what you have is the best way to go about it. But I think this offensive group can be very much improved with a little bit more, uh, how can I put this, exposure, if you will, to the tight end group. Um, first and foremost, let me just say this. I don't think that Darren Fells had one good year because he was a journeyman. Um, I honestly do believe that his play style and he, he and he even said it when I talked to him back in March, you know, it was the fact that the Texans allowed him to use his play style more than just blocking. And that's what we saw last year. And just like last year, I'm pretty sure we're going to see that same thing again. With all that being said, John, I don't see the Texans using all four of these tight ends. So the number one question to ask, if you were Bill O'Brien or Tim Kelly or whoever, and it was up to you to pick two out of these four tight ends, who would you pick? Because three out of those fours, wait, because three out of those four players, we know what they can do especially Thomas. I mean, if you go back just a year ago, Thomas looked like he had that number one tight end position sealed up prior to injury. Now you're looking at it from a situation he's going to have to battle not only to be a backup, but him reclaiming that spot as the Texans' number one tight end, it's kind of long gone now because I don't see a situation where he's going to be able to beat out both Fails and Atkins. So if it was up to you, which two would you pick? Well, without having a preseason, I'm going to pick Fails and Atkins. Simple as that. I think they've shown us both that they are valuable right now. One is going to get you the touchdowns, and one will get you key possessions because he's just good at being a uh, possession type of tight end. We don't know anything, and I mean anything, regarding the NFL with Kaheli Warren. And I think, like you said, Thomas has just gotten too far out Remind you, without having a preseason, then Thomas would be out as well. Yeah, I agree with you on that standpoint. So what to do with Thomas? Because that's that's the next question. What should the Texans do with Thomas? You don't want him. He He's too talented to just be sitting away, rotting in the doghouse. Well, no, nah, I mean, and I, what I wanted to actually hit on, I'm glad you asked me so I can bring it back around. See if you can designate Thomas to the practice squad. They gave you more bodies to have this year. They gave you more bodies to have on a practice squad or keep them. Use them on special teams. As a matter of fact, keep them. Use them on special teams. And, hey, you know what? He may end up outplaying some of the other guys at that position, and he may get more burn. His, his, His relationship and chemistry with Deshaun Watson may just grow. So if you want to keep him around, you have two options designate him to the practice squad, or utilize his size on special teams. I mean, he's a big guy. Athletic, use him on special teams. Well, let me just say this. If there is any tight end who deserves to be on the practice squad, it's Warren. There's nothing to go off on this guy. Um, I, I still don't understand the hype surrounding him. Maybe he might get some playing time this year and prove me wrong. We never know. But I will say 
I would like to see the Texans use Jordan Thomas on special teams. I agree with you there. And the number one reason why I want to see Houston keep this guy more than any of these other tight ends, he's only 23 years old. Well, early in the week, guys, Deshaun Watson's Madden rating came out. He was 86. You know, Madden players and Texans are the lovers, the lovers of the Texans, rather. Uh, everybody was up in arms about it. Why, why, why? And then J.J. Watt Madden rating came out. And you know what? Honestly, let me say something. I started a season on the Texans with the Texans on Madden, rather. I'm sorry. I'm just, but I started a season and JJ Watt was still ranked, you know, pretty high in the 90s. This is with the updated rosters. This is with him missing half the season and he dominated. But I thought going into this year, they would actually get it right. They would get the Madden rated a little bit better. What, what did they rank him? Was he like 96? Hello. He was a 98, John. 98. 98. I got to tell you, um, I mean, kudos to J.J. Watt for getting that high rating. But um, no. man, I don't want to sound like the sour guy or, the, you know, that that guy. I don't want to be that guy, but I just don't see how he got that 98 rating. Listen, but J.J. Watt is still valuable to the Texans franchise. And, and to be honest, one of my favorite J.J. Watt's moments was what we just witnessed in the playoff, you know. This is a guy who tore his pet, was ruled out for the season, came back for the playoffs. Texans wasn't doing so good. He made a big play, a big sack, pop, changed the projection of the game for the Texans. The fact that <laughs> but <laughs> a 98 coming off a year where he missed half the season, I do believe if he didn't get injured, he would have recorded, let's say, eight to somewhere between eight to ten sacks on a year because he was heading in that direction. But a 98, John, ranking him over Von Miller, Khalil Mack, Cam Jordan, and, of course, Shaq Barrett. I was about to say Shaq Barry, who, who laid the whole league in sacks last year. He, he almost had 20 sacks last year. I, yeah, I I don't know if Madden went back and made an update after hearing how pissed off people were about Deshaun Watson. I don't well why you didn't, why not go back? Twice. Why not go back and fix the rating for Deshaun Watson? I know there are Texans fans looking at this saying, What the heck? And no disrespect to JJ Watt, but you first and foremost. J.J. Watt should be at least the second or third highest player on this team. The number one highest rating should be Deshaun Watson. Now, I, I don't get it, but kudos to, to Watt. I, I I don't see it. Has Watt ever been rated this high? Yeah, he was a part of the 99 club. Oh, yes. Was, Watt, listen, what shocks me is, he would deserve this if it was a regular year, but you know, one That's of those regular thing. great years. It's been one of those regular down years, injury riddled years. And I'm like, a 98? That's that's hey, but listen, I'll probably start a season with Madden with the Texans on Madden. And so I appreciate it. I mean, he's gonna be a fear monger again, and he's gonna be hard to block. We're gonna get those guys right out of there. I, I don't get it because last year when the game came out, I believe he was he was rated like a 95 or 96 and 
you know, his 2018 was a hell of a lot better than 2019. Hell, if you look at the last four seasons, 2018 was his best year. And I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, mean, don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But what I will but, say is, like I told you guys, I started a dynasty. Well, I created a dynasty with the Texans. We've won two Super Bowls on our way to our third. This year, the offense is unstoppable. But you know who is the best corner on my team? Lonnie Johnson Jr. is the best secondary player on the team right now. I put a lot of work into getting him, and he won the NFL's best cornerback award. Where you just, you know, you, it's not really an award on Madden. It's just you're the best cornerback in the AFC. So kudos to me. Guys, I'm John Some Sports Guy Hickman. You may see me on Twitter now that I'm back on there. Ask Some Sports Guy. Tweet me. Follow me. You may see me with long hair. That is now over. But don't forget to follow Locked On Texans at Locked On Texas and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. And please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And along with the Houston Texans, follow me so you can stay up to date on the Houston Rockets as they return to the NBA. We are two weeks away from the NBA season getting started. And your boy, James Harden, has arrived in Orlando bubble. We had an opportunity to talk to him yesterday. Man, John. James Harden looks great. I'll just say this. I would love to see Russell Westbrook back soon. I think the Rockets would be very scary in the West with these guys taking a break from basketball, not playing 72 minutes a night under Mike D'Antoni. I'm not going to go there because I don't want to get frustrated, but I am looking forward. I'm looking forward to any sports, but I love my Rockets, so I'm looking forward to see the heartbreak I'll get this year. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.